0: and i'll mention that a little this movie used to be like one of my favorite holiday movies and i watched it this time and i just didn't feel the same nostalgia as i once did it kind of like just didn't feel right
1: this was never on my like holiday list i don't know if i just missed being the demographic or whatever but i i watched this with pretty much fresh eyes
0: interesting
2: oh so this is like this is new for you
1: I mean, yeah, I've only ever seen like little chunks here and there, and not really paid attention to it. Yeah. So this was like a new experience. Yeah.
2: At my aunt's house, we would always have Thanksgiving there. And uh, for some reason, this is how they would kick off the holiday seasons every year. Thanksgiving in her place. And we would watch this movie. It's definitely nostalgia value there. But yeah, I don't know. Like everything else, it kind of fades with time. It's like, all right, I've seen this about a hundred times.
3: <laughs> I uh, I saw it once or twice growing up. And then my wife's family it's been like a yearly thing for them and so now for like the last 14 years or so i have seen it sometime between thanksgiving and christmas almost without fail not all the way through but like you see it that many times you you know all the scenes and uh i almost didn't even feel the need to rewatch it before coming here tonight but uh, i did anyway just to refresh myself but i also did not feel the same kind of nostalgic feelings about it we just recorded the winds world episode and i remember feeling bothered by watching a movie and I blamed it on the movie at the time. And I felt kind of similarly bothered this time. Like just, I don't have the attention span for it. And I'm going to half blame like the algorithm and just being addicted to my phone now, but also just current conditions. Like I just don't feel able to really focus on anything entertaining while I'm funding a genocide. It's just really tough to do that right now. But um, I don't want to like drag the whole episode down just to start off. That's was just like, was my first thought going into it. It was just like 20 minutes in, just like feeling antsy, feeling like agitated and not really knowing why. And even having my phone in my hand, even still doing the, the doom scrolling that I would have been doing if I weren't watching the movie. And what I really thought about, it, I was like, that's the only reason I could think of why. And I imagine that the entire holiday season is definitely going to be tainted.
0: Well, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm like. The feeling that I'm having is that like I, I, mean, I don't watch that many comedies anymore. I'm like more of a drama horror. I don't know. Maybe that's just like all that I can tolerate now because that's the things how things are. I don't watch a lot of comedy. So maybe that's just how I felt, too, was. I don't
1: know. I don't know. There was a few punchers in there that really got me when like the the daughter, she was like, she's like, it is so horrible to sleep with my brother. And she's like, well, I have to sleep with your father. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: and I that was that's a, that a great part
2: sit so back in your seats get something to eat watch this movie don't want the kids to kids you see it because well let, let, we'll let you hear the um, video thank you
0: well, this week on left of the projector we are talking about the 1989 Film for one week we won't do a '90s film. This week we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's the third in the long-running series of National Lampoon movies with Chevy Chase. And with me, I have uh, Lefty Libby. I have Smirk Gently, and Mike hey. from the Turn Leftist Podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thanks,
2: man.
0: Yeah. So, the, the, so let let. Le- le- before we get into the, the episode in the movie, I've just mentioned to you before is what we all think Clark Griswold brought in on an annual basis and what the bone, like the entire premise of this movie is him needing a bonus, expecting a bonus from his company to pay for a pool for his family. And pools aren't cheap. This is 1989. Things are a little cheaper. They live in a nice house.
1: Well he said he need, the deposit was seventy five hundred dollars. So it's at least seventy five hundred dollars. And typically bonus bonuses like Christmas bonus is only like I don't know, I've only ever gotten a hundo for a Christmas bonus at any job I've ever worked. So I'm not really sure where that you know what that what to take from that. So if like if you take that ratio, he's what making a million dollars a year? I don't know because <laughs> I've only ever gotten a you know hundo. Well, hundo. we can
0: we can do it as a round robin. So you say a million.
1: I, well, his bonus, and then and then he's like, oh, add twenty percent, and he faints, right? So like, if he's making a million, and then this check, he's like, add twenty percent. Why would he faint if he's making a million dollars? Like, I think I think that the amount is unknowable.
2: I don't know. I think, so I, I have somewhat applicable knowledge for this, but my, um, my mom actually put in a pool before I was born. Her parents both passed away within like six months of each other. And her mom was like, she grew up in the depression and their father left them. So she had a a bunch of money, like squirreled away, which my mom then like pissed away almost immediately. And she spent about total, I think $20,000 on an in-ground pool. And this was right around that time because I was born in 91. So I feel like 1990, 1989, like, I don't know, that's probably about what the pool would be. I would say 1989 money, he's probably making, I don't know, like 100 to like 110. Maybe 120. Like, I, I think that's because, I mean,
1: their house is close to Maybe this, I bet this movie gave like a lot of 18 year olds at the time, like an unrealistic expectation of Christmas bonuses.
0: Yeah, you're right in the realm. I was, I was guessing he makes like 120K and the bonus is like 20%. So 20, 25K, you know, something like that. And then getting the extra 20%. So maybe he gets 30K this year.
2: That's a huge thing to like pull out the rug from people too. And like to just say, oh, sorry, it's jelly. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kidnapped him too. Like that.
3: Yeah, base Eddie. Yeah, I would have guessed like just looking at his house and from the time frame, I would have assumed he was making somewhere between 100 and 150. But then Libby, when I was hearing you talk about how much the bonus, how much he would have to make for the bonus to be just a percentage of his salary and everything and talk about where I'm like, well, he's got to be higher than that. He's got to be closer to 200. I don't know. I think it's really tough to judge it by like 1989 numbers and everything. But then you think about, it, he's got like a STEM career, basically. Like he's almost like an engineer for food where he's like, just, he's the guy putting the chemicals and the poison <laughs> exactly. in the food, like in your, in your kid's <laughs> breakfast cereal, literally. So hopefully that pays well to like sell your soul, even if you're going to be like the good family guy back home. I was going to try to say like somewhere like 175-ish and that his bonus would be like 10 to 15,000. Um, I'm assuming you have like inside info or something
0: like a uh, script. Chevy Chase is your, your cousin. I don't know.
1: I wonder, <laughs> I wonder how much of the salary he spends on cocaine. Cause he crazy eyes.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> what percentage goes to cocaine? The,
2: well,
0: the, the thing that's, I think is so funny about the first thing I think I said to you, Mike, about Chevy Chase's character, I guess it's the same character in all the movies, right? It doesn't matter which one it is. This one, Vegas vacation. But he he's like, he strikes me, he's been at this company in this movie 17 years. So he started there, it's 1989, so he started in 1972. So he's been at his company for a long time, gets, you know, that was like the time of like career people working at a company and then getting a pension, gold watch and all that stuff. So but he, he just struck me as like a guy who failed upwards. You know, he just like, he had a job, he worked well, like he... He probably wasn't the one actually creating these chemicals. He probably like led the team that did all the chemical stuff. I can't he can't even hang lights. This dude isn't like creating chemicals.
1: I hate him. I hate him so much. I, I, like, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, ha, ha, kind of an idiot. The second time I really watched it with a fine tooth comb and I hate that motherfucker. He's like, he's a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> and in every single one of the National Lampoon movies, he's like, uh, there's always the joke about him, like, hitting on, like, a younger woman. Like, in the Vacation movie, he chases the woman in the car. It's like a famous scene from the first one. It's always a person in a the red dress. The
1: scene with, like, the teenager that's working there. And yeah. then he has, like, a, like, American Beauty, like, fantasy with her. Like... <laughs> And, and like she's at the pool and it, it was i like like i was like okay he's kind of a dick and the moment i saw that i was like oh no this scumbag and then the sun comes over and he's like yeah ha ha oh yeah that's that's been that seems
2: like we do it's,
0: a, what is it, Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was just about to say, I love that you guys I, are too young I for that reference. I wanted to
1: take out my eyes, <laughs> right, take my eyeballs, and then rip my, like, eardrums out of my ears and put them where my eyes go, and then my eyes and my ears, and it, I would have almost felt better <laughs> than, like, the feeling I got watching that
0: scene. I thought Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well, that was my first...
2: I think that's when they first do the like out of the pool thing. But sorry, wait. Which one say. came first? When um, did Fast
0: Runs come out? In the seventies, no, eighties. It had to be first because this was like a shot for shot. Yeah, yeah, oh, that was so.
2: that was like, like early eighties, like, I
0: think. Fast Times to I want to say like
2: eighties. And what's
0: crazy? I didn't re- I didn't realize until later because he doesn't look the same. That the son is Johnny Galecki, the actor who's from Roseanne mm-hmm. and Big Bang Theory. But he like yeah. doesn't look the same. He's pretty young, so
3: he made a face. Like at the boss when uh, Eddie brings him over and he's like, that was shitty or like that sucked or something. When he tells him that they, it was wrong to take away the bonuses. When he made that expression, I was like, damn, who is that kid? He looks familiar. And as soon as he like, scrunched up his face and made that, then I realized <laughs> I had seen him before. And when I looked it up. I was still mind blown that it was. He the just guy doesn't look the
0: same his. at all. Like, I mean, he's probably, I don't know what, 14 in this movie. Let's see. Born in, I don't know, some year <laughs> IMDb doesn't like to show you. Oh, 75. So he was 14 in this movie. So he was basically playing his age. Nailed it. Yeah. So yeah, so you you really don't like Clark Luzrald from the beginning of the movie. He's always, he's like reckless. Like, I mean, I realize like, the joke and the gag of the movie of all of them is he's like a clumsy ophi guy who like doesn't really know what he's doing but it's i don't know it just wasn't as funny to me this time like the tree scene
1: like he like risks his family everyone's life to be like oh i gotta get ahead of this truck and you also could tell that this was pre-final destination the way he was <laughs> fucking around with that like the with like the lumber truck. <laughs> truck or whatever <laughs> and but he like risks his whole family's life to be like, oh, I, I'm going to use my my wagon to get around this guy with a truck. We're going to do the street the street racing thing. I don't know, and then drive over an embankment, and then oh, we're at the trees. It it was so very very toxic, and I was not, and I hated him from that moment on.
2: This is massive overcompensation because that, and then the thing with the woman at the store, like his wife is stunning like she's she's like Mm -hmm. like drop dead gorgeous and even if she wasn't it still wouldn't be an excuse but like why are you hitting on this random woman in a store like have you seen her wife and she
1: put up with you i think the missing component that we're not seeing off camera is the amount of cocaine and drinking that he's doing because (laughs) that that is what would tie it all together right that (laughs) would make a lot of things make sense
3: no, I think it's actually like when Evan, you said he's like not likable and you don't like the Chevy Chase character. I mean, I think we've all been saying that, like, who is likable, though? Like, I sort of think the only character in this is uh, Beverly D'Angelo, like the mom. She's the only likable, genuinely like good hearted person that you don't despise for some reason. Like even the neighbors who are just like hoity toity, just like,
0: I, oh, I got some neighbors.
1: I shit. love the neighbors. I, I am Uh-oh. Elaine And like, I would have like that would be me if I was in that movie although I wouldn't have like sucker punched my husband, I would have, I would have dropped somebody a long time before that. The way that they, they're just like living their life with like their nice stuff or whatever. And then he's like smashing shit in their windows. Like the low reaction that they actually have is like, I got to give them credit for it. I
0: mean, I think you maybe feel bad a little bit for, for Eddie's kids too. Like they, they kind of, you know, they kind of get a bum rap or, you know, a b- raw deal, whatever the phrase is, uh, something like that.
1: Yeah, the way it is like a as espionage to like get them to get Clark to buy them Christmas. But, but I like
0: the. Uh, I do think I, I wrote down that like uh, that Julie Louis Dreyfus and her husband. I don't know his name. Uh, Todd it was and Margo. Something, Todd. Todd, yes, Perfect. <laughs> yeah. of course. Like I should have just been able to guess. It's
2: Todd, Todd and Margo.
0: <laughs> and they, I just wrote down that they like you know. It's almost like the, in the nineties, they were the people who probably, they were the ones who were doing cocaine, if anyone, they got like white leather couches and shit in there and like swank stereo systems. And they're living in like clearly a neighborhood that's a family oriented neighborhood. And they're like, you know,
2: that moved out of Chicago and into the suburbs and, and kind of give off an air. Like they think they're better than everybody, but like, that's what you're supposed to think as the viewer is that like, they're just assholes, which I feel like they probably are anyway, but given who they live next door to. It, it it makes a little bit of sense why, like, every time they see him, it seems like an altercation.
1: You know, uh, like, I I think that they're really tolerant of what's going on next door, if you ask they me. They don't call
0: the police on any of that shit. They just are like, Ugh. You
1: know, they're not taking him to court. And, you know, but it does. And maybe this, like, helps to point to what Clark's salary is. Because his, like you said, his wife is stunning. Her clothes are always, like, she's on point. And the neighbors, like, what kind of neighborhood that is with all their fancy, like, expensive shit, too.
0: Yeah, this neighborhood isn't quite as fancy as, like, the neighborhood in Home Alone, but it's, like, just a step below.
3: Yeah. That's exactly what it made me think of, too, is you see that huge house, and growing up, nobody really talked or like I guess maybe because we were kids, and maybe the adults were talking about the income level of uh, the families in, in these movies, and we just didn't notice. But, yeah, now the meme is, like, what was... Kevin's dad doing to afford this home and then also the trip to Paris or wherever they were going that they left him home. Um it, Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but I think that goes back to, uh, like, Libby, you started off saying about unrealistic expectations for, like, what a bonus could be with, like, what this movie sets, but that's across the board. Um, if you've ever seen the subreddit for personal finance, it's ridiculous. Like, what they expect most people should be doing, they expect that, like, most people should have six months of your monthly expenses just socked away in an emergency fund before you even start saving for your retirement, your kid's college, for anything else. You should just have that. And they they literally think that this is like what an average person. And I feel like I say it all the time on your your show. I mean, when we watch older movies, like from the 90s, that's like the tone that was set by TV and movies and popular culture before the internet was like, everyone is doing so well. And if you're not, well, that's on you, bro. Like that's a you problem. And then the internet comes around and everyone finds out, oh, it's really shitty for everyone out here. Like we're all fucking struggling. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's a good point.
0: Yeah, because you think about, like, Home Alone. I mean, that came out, I think, in the late 80s or maybe right before this or right after 1990. You just sort of saw that and you expected that that's what, like, most people were living like. Maybe you yourself weren't watching it, but, like, that's how you then were like, oh, shit, is everyone living in, like, this ridiculous, you know— uh, place and it's always like a thing about movies, though, especially in the eighties and nineties, is they have to set the bar like everyone being like somewhat rich to make the movie go through. You know, like no one wants to watch a bunch of you know people just I don't know.
1: Oh, they got they got to have some pores in there. So like the like cousin Eddie or whatever, he had to be in there for some kind of comedic relief and some I don't know way to have that re- relate. In a way, I don't know.
3: I mean, maybe so. Speaking of despisable people, like, he's pretty despicable. Um, like Eddie's wife, I don't remember her name, but she doesn't really talk much. Movie probably doesn't pass the uh, Bechdel test, now that I'm thinking of that. Back.
0: But oh, um, definitely does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh, no. There's a but couple what, scenes where the people are arguing. I don't know if that counts. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's but the it's older like women, women, too. Like,
1: like, women, when men aren't around, what do, how are, do the women? correct
0: yeah i don't think any of the national lampoon movies i don't think the people who wrote for the national lampoon ever like ever talked to a woman let alone like could write about them
2: (laughs) at least kindly isn't
0: that like john hughes (laughs) didn't he create the national lampoon he did yeah
2: you can tell because it takes place in illinois
0: (laughs) yeah and it has and it's lots of like misogynistic crap because he's kind of a shit who made some good movies i
1: i noticed a couple little things though about the time did you notice the cabbage patch dolls in walmart and did you notice the dog food? The giant bag of dog food was ten bucks.
0: Oh, I didn't notice the ten bucks sign, but damn.
1: Oh, I was like, well, but the Cabbage Patch doll was like thirty-one fifty or something like that. That seems high. I remember. I remember that was the year begging for Cabbage Patch dolls.
0: I don't think I ever had a Cabbage Patch. I had some cards, like the Cabbage Patch cards. Oh, I think
1: I. I guess I was a lucky little girl, and I got my Cabbage Patch doll.
0: Was oh, I know what I was going to mention. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and it was like this, like very nostalgic thing, when Clark is like trapped in the attic and he's watching the old reels from when he was a kid from the fifties. I was trying to like get a sense of you know. It seemed like his parents. I wouldn't say they were like rich, but they clearly had like a house and the whole thing. So, like the whole movie is depicting this sort of like this is like the typical american dream you know your dad grew up in the 50s post-war and got a job had a house his kids had a nice house and just kind of like grew into this thing and then his kids are fucked
1: clark's dad was really like supportive and like loving like he was like hugged him and stuff i mean he was like yeah if you need me i'm gonna be taking a nap i'm not gonna help you but like (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise he was you know i i I, and the mom, she was, didn't have much screen time, but they seemed like they had a good relationship.
0: It's true.
2: Well, I think, I think them being decently well off, not rich by any means, but well off enough to have like a stable housing and and job and everything definitely plays into that. It's a lot easier to have a healthy family dynamic when there's not that uh, constant threat of poverty. I guess. But I think the whole movie is him just trying to, I mean, it's really just him trying to recapture what it was, what he remembers as a kid, you know, the whole holiday thing. Like his job is nonsense. He makes like non-nutritional varnish or cornflakes and uh, his boss doesn't know his name. There's like 15 executives that also don't know his name and don't hear anything he says. So he expects to be able to—he builds up this holiday in his head as this, like, one time of year to kind of cram all of these, like, wonderful memories, like what he sees on those reels that he's watching in the attic, into, because he he doesn't really have much time for his family, probably outside of that. And, of course, it can never live up to those expectations. I feel like that's just the theme of all the vacation movies.
1: I don't know. I thought it was a little bit unrealistic. Like, in my experience— as far as Christmas goes, the dads are not usually into it. It's the moms that make the magic happen. And, like, for him to be like, we're going to go get the tree, come on. And, like, tre- like has them truck through waist-deep snow to go get this tree in the middle. Of- and then what they dug the tree up with their bare hands to, like, put it <laughs> onto, the- onto the station wagon or whatever. I don't know. It was abusive the way, like, he, like, made them go through that, all that snow to go get it. But like, usually it's the mom's like, okay, we're going to go and get the tree. She goes, does the shopping. She does the wrapping. She does the, you know, and at, at least in a typical sort of sense, I, I know that that's not, can't generalize all the way, but certainly at that time, the dads, that was like a, I've never touched a
2: diaper time. You know, the dads <laughs> weren't actively involved in that, you know? Well, I think he does like stereotypically dad stuff like the tree because it's something about the nature aspect of it and ideally having a, a saw or something or an axe and then the <laughs> something and then um and then doing the lights outside. But most of the rest of it, I think, is the wife because she's the one like. You, most of the time you see her in the rest of the movie, she's like in the kitchen and like trying to hide and smoke at the same time while cooking for all of these people. So she's just, I mean, she's supporting him through it, but I like it's his wish and she's trying to make him see that it's just not realistic what he wants. But i I think she's, She's doing a lot of the
0: heavy lifting too. Can I can I throw something I noticed? This is the first time I've ever noticed. I don't know how I even did. Is when they're before Christmas starts, they're lying in bed talking about how it's like his dream to have this Christmas.
1: They have the director on the on the uh, People magazine.
0: Did you see who the cover was on it?
1: Isn't that the director of the movie?
0: No, it was the guy from Wolf of Wall Street. (laughs) Oh. Yeah. It said Wolf of Wall Street and it was the <laughs> yeah. dude who like who like stole all the money who like created the fictitious company, which I thought was very funny because I mean, granted, that just may just have been the people that was out when they were filming it, but just like the idea of this like fake economy that just is built on just you know, air and it just you mm-hmm. know his career at this company making like chemicals. What the hell are they even doing at this company? Like they have all these executives. He thinks he's like a big shot there. And he's like, he's an absolute nothing. Yeah, actually may not mean mean much. So, might be so the,
1: the boss guy, right? The way maybe I'm jumping too far ahead about like the, the way that like, OK, so they kidnap. Is he is he the CEO? I don't know. But they kidnap the head guy that he's in charge of the Christmas bonuses or whatever. And then he's—they're all like, "Yeah, that's really fucked up." And the wife is like, "Yeah, that's fucked up." And the SWAT team comes in, and the pe- <laughs> like the police are like, "Yeah, that was fucked up." And he's like, "Oh, okay. You know what? Yeah. On second thought, I'll give everyone a bonus." Like I believed, it's more believable that when he was going down the hill on the sled and he made like a ninety-degree turn <laughs> on the road, and then another ninety-degree turn to get off the road—that was much more believable than having a CEO be like convinced to do the right thing like kind thing <laughs> like come on
0: it was a very doing? like scrooge kind of thing like oh you know i realized the error of my ways and that's actually brian doyle murray that's eddie murray he's uh not, not eddie murray um, bill murray he's bill, murray. bill murray's uh brother oh, okay he does yeah. kind of look like a little bit hmm. he's been in he was in like groundhog day as the mm-hmm. mayor and he's been bunch of like small parts. But I don't know i think you're right. I mean to to go to that part of the movie. Yeah, he's like, Oh, I I think the I wrote the line down, which I thought was kind of funny. He said, uh sometimes things look good on paper, but loses their luster when you see how it affects real folks. It's like, sure you did. Sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, I yeah, saw this poor,
0: this this middle, upper middle class, middle class family. It was like, oh, yep, yeah, had a change of heart. It's like, no, you would not have did that. It's like you're afraid for your life. And so you'd agree to this, basically. I mean, that
3: is like, that's what I took away at the end of this movie, is that it's like liberal praxis. Like, that's what they hope for. It's like on the individual level to convince your boss to do the right thing for your company. Yeah,
1: like, come on, come on, please, come on. Which
3: also pissed me off because like five minutes before that, I think, Evan, you said Clark's dad is probably one of the only other likable characters, uh, even though he says, like, or maybe it was you, Libby, like, who's ever said he's going to go take a nap, but you can still call me for help. But like, he was still, like, a likable guy, and he gave Clark that speech about, you know, you tried to have a good Christmas and, like, kind of fucked it up by losing your temper, but you're such a good dad otherwise. And then they had this whole spirit of Christmas moment, and then it all is tied up in a bow and solved by the fucking bonus. Like, if it weren't for that bonus, like, yeah. he would still be miserable, but it really comes down to the cash at yeah. the end of the
1: day. There was... We are overlooking one very, very likable character and that's like the great aunt or whatever who can't hear. And they ask her to do like Grace and she starts saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I hope with all of my heart that this Thanksgiving my family asks me to say Grace because I will absolutely start saying the national anthem.
0: I'm just gonna hum I'm gonna hum the anthem for the Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> Or just play it on my phone.
1: I'm just saying I she was she wrapped up her cat and like tried to give away her cat. She was lovely. I loved her. And like the husband with his like terrible toupee, they were wonderful. They were well, so cute.
0: You know what the other thing too that I we I don't know if you meant which many of you might have mentioned like Eddie wasn't like a good person or I don't know, maybe someone did. I mean he isn't great, but the one thing that they did occasionally mention is that he was he was clearly a vet, probably fought in the Vietnam War. I presume given his age and they mentioned like the VA wasn't, like, gave him like benefits to get like a new plate in his head and all this stuff. He yeah, clearly, he, 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 he was clearly like cast off by the country that made him like fight for them. So like, you yeah. do feel a little bit bad for his situation.
1: No. Do you know, do you know what he's a vet from, from independence day? When you like put, like, <laughs> when, <laughs> when yeah. he went into the spaceship that he fought for the aliens or against oh. the aliens,
0: he fought with the aliens. He <laughs> I'm was, uh, sorry. I'm
1: sorry. I'm gonna I'll keep it down for a minute <laughs>
2: President Bill sent
0: him off to battle. <laughs> what what does he say like up tell or like up yours when he goes up
2: yeah, the- yeah. He like
0: dropped into the- I mean have you done that one yet that'd be a good one no i I you know what I should do I should save that for like July yeah. probably right yeah I didn't think to do that last time. It's such like super military propaganda movie, too. But it's one of those in my heart that I still love it. And what the hell does that smell? Legendary line.
1: that brought me to see it in the theaters on Independence Day.
0: I saw that as well in the, in the theaters. Not on Independence Day, but the same weekend. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, so you feel like a little bit bad for Eddie and you feel bad for his kids. So if I th- originally I thought that it was his brother, but it's his cousin, No.
2: On his wife's side, though,
0: it's his wife's cousin, I think. Oh, it's his wife because they, because they, the the IMDb refers to his wife as cousin Catherine Johnson, but I guess that's because she's the cousin of the mother. Wait, yeah. is that is that right?
2: I think so. I think that's how it is.
0: Because for some reason, I thought that it was his brother but it's not because its last name is different it's not Griswold Yeah, it's cousin Eddie Johnson oh yeah so that makes more sense why he like hates him because it was his brother he'd be like oh yeah fine but instead he's forced to give his cousin you know money and him in the because they in the first vacation movie the original one he owns like a dirt farm like a worm dirt farm which they mention in this like that's literally like his job
2: yeah the 80s and 90s really loved their um, trailer people stereotypes though they
0: really. They did. You don't really see that anymore. And if you do see the, someone in an RV now, it's like a really like rich family that just like decided to use an RV. Like isn't yeah. there a movie yeah. called RV with some? It was
1: there was like a National Lampoon's
2: like yes, like, that's right. But it was like yeah. a different family. Homes, right? Is that the Ed Helms
0: one? Yes, Ed Holmes. That's right. Yeah yeah they have a lot of uh national lampoons movies that are just not very good i mean animal house was i think the first Mm
1: -hmm. i have to give i have you have to give credit where credit's due okay so when when clark is like that motherfucker like he's like going down like these all these insults about him he never makes one homophobic remark not a slur in there and at the time that would have been very easy to put in there and they did not that's true. There was no homophobic and not racist at all
0: there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something that I, I, I would I thought that that whole thing was improv because I know that he's like, a, you know, he'd come up from improv. But really none of the movie was improv at all. Like all of oh, that wow. was scripted, which kind of surprised me given. And also the one little funny note I saw is that when he gets really mad because the lights won't come on and he starts smashing all of the reindeer, he actually broke his pinky <laughs> and they just kept going and they just kept the cut. Cut
2: well, speaking of the lights, so I got I got curious and I did the math. I didn't get in too so far as to do the 1989 math. But so he said twenty five thousand individual bulbs. So if you if you have a string of incandescent lights, which is what his would be, because not like they're going to be LED because it's 1989, um, a string of twenty five of those adds like three to five dollars per month to your electricity bill. And that's just one string of twenty five. So a thousand. <sighs> Of those, like if it was in now money, he's paying like 3000 a month. And and that's half of the month because he puts it up like halfway through the month because he's the advent calendar. It's like 1500 bucks. So whatever the 1989 equivalent of that would be.
0: I mean, he could have just sold his jelly certificate and paid for that, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Very but that's but,
0: but that like the joke was great that they show like the meter really quickly in this garage like spinning out of control from when he turns on the light switch
2: to turn on auxiliary you
1: yeah. know how I could tell that they had a nice house this was 1989 and they didn't have like the fuse like the blown fuse bulbs they yeah. had the like oh, yeah. switch mm-hmm. oh, the yeah. circuit breaker. They didn't have, well, I remember in my house. We had the, like, I learned how to do the thing when yeah, I was like, 10. things, Yeah.
0: They also had like 50 things plugged into one outlet, too. So their their electricity bill probably already was pretty high, it's pretty sky high.
2: He was really playing fast and loose with the electricity this entire time.
1: Well, just in And the general, amount of times he fell off the roof. But this didn't make sense to me. The amount of times he fell off the roof and then he was stuck in the attic, he could have just crawled through that little hole and just hopped right off the roof. He has no problem just getting down off the roof without dying.
2: When he's standing in the attic in between the the, the um thing like the boards which is anybody who's been an addict knows you don't do that because that's not solid at one point he falls through onto like the daughters or the son's bed or something like just crawl crawl out then he just he, <laughs> yeah, he just there. like worms his pants oh, oh. and then he climbs back up and he like finds like a mink stole or something to wear Imagine that night, like the
1: kid goes to bed and he's like what the fuck dad
0: well, the grandparents were like sleeping that? in there, I think, right? Like the grandfather was What's sleeping in there the staring mom? at the at the, the poster on the ceiling.
1: Yeah. What if the mom has to go around cleaning up after his bullshit like that? Yes, she does. Um, I think that she's really getting the shaft in this movie. No, she's a saint, And not character. in a good way, probably.
3: <laughs> What's that? She's just like a saint in this movie. Like, she doesn't do anything wrong other than, like, smoke in the kitchen. Like, that's the worst she possibly does is, like, take a smoke break once in a while. But, like, she's so likable and... The fact that you mentioned he doesn't use any slurs or homophobia in his rant against the guy, which would have been, yeah, totally fine at the time. I guess because it's supposed to be like a still family friendly movie. And I guess as edgy as it can be at times, like when he's like hitting on the, the cashier. Um,
1: yeah, oogling at a teenager. Yeah,
3: I guess that makes me think it's slightly more progressive than I than I thought of before, except for like, of course, the the objectification part. But yeah.
0: Well, especially given I think John Hughes wrote this movie he didn't direct it and like John Hughes is not one for missing a chance to make a homophobic or like racist comment in a movie. Yeah. He's got some pretty bad track record on that. 16 Candles uh We
1: got to give him some credit for this. Although like it, it's giving credit for the uh bare minimum but but here we are.
0: I was
3: curious I wanted to ask you guys what you think would be like the family conflicts if they made this movie today because you have like the relatives who come in you have like the poor vietnam vet like weird uncle um you have like the old people who are senile and like kind of just kooky and you have like the brother and sister like very obvious kind of weird
1: conflict but it would be political there would certainly
0: be like the j6
2: uncle you know
0: the daughter would be like making tiktoks in the garage or Mm -hmm. something Mm
2: -hmm. yeah like one of them would be like some like QAnon uncle or dad or something (laughs) Yeah, if they keep shoving him into another room or interrupting him when he starts going off about the new world order.
0: Yeah, but like you don't get moved. They don't really do. They make I mean, the holiday movies I think that they made now are like super rom-commy wholesome for the most part. Like they don't make movies in general, whether it's holiday or not like this anymore. I, I think I said during one recently, like they don't really make like comedies like this anymore at all. Like comedies now are just what was the they uh,
3: just trash What's the Kurt Russell one. Cause my family does like that. We all, we've been enjoying that one for like the last uh,
2: the Christmas Chronicles. Mm, it's not bad. That one? Yeah. We like, we like those too. <laughs> cute.
0: Is that recent? Yeah. Like last three, yeah, four years.
2: One.
0: Oh, I haven't seen that one.
2: Yeah. It's a Netflix one. I think they they did a sequel or they're doing a sequel or something.
0: As yeah. far as like Christmas guess... movies
3: you can watch with your kids. Like Evan, if you haven't seen that one with your kids, if you guys celebrate Christmas, I don't know if you do, but like,
0: yeah, we watch movies, but yeah. No, that sounds, I mean, but maybe, so I guess, I guess I'm, I stand corrected. There's some meet was like meet the parents. Was that a holiday movie? No, it wasn't, um, but that wasn't a kid's movie
3: or a family movie. It was meet the parents. Cause you meet them for Christmas, right? Or weren't they? I feel like that was
0: Christmas. It, related. It was a wedding. Uh, oh okay.
2: yeah. It was a sister's wedding. You know, Christmas with the cranks. And I'm, I'm so sorry for bringing up a Tim Allen thing, but that would probably be the closest thing to this in recent memory. I
3: think the, Jingle I think all all hands, what about Elf? they don't come out Elf often.
2: was great. Um, yeah.
1: Elf is a
0: good one. I, I like that.
1: Yeah, that's one I when I wrap presents that I'll put that on every single time. Yeah.
0: Spaghetti and jelly beans.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: syrup and syrup. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, Sorry about your dad. <laughs> I mean, I guess they do make some of those movies, but uh, yeah, I mean that goes back to what you were saying. I don't know if you said it, Mike, before was just like the pre and post. too like you just like the kind of comedy you get now is just not the same type of mood now you have to have like one of the parents be like a like patriotic guy who like fought in i don't know like the iraq war or something and i don't know there's always these little twinges of
1: either that or just you notice it now like it's that like uh scarcity fallacy yeah like you know like at the time you didn't notice it and now that you're looking for it it's You know,
0: it's probably true. It probably was Mm -hmm. lots of that then. Yeah, the 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 couple of the scenes I actually when I rewatched it, I always now if I'm watching it and can do it, I always fast forward through the part where they're eating the bones, like when they're eating the Thanksgiving. Uh, That's the the most disturbing scene in the whole movie. It just makes me just feel really nauseous. So I I literally fast forward, like I can't watch them like suck down the bones. So they
2: cut down, they cut into the turkey, and it just like. (sighs)
0: It looks like something... Like
1: uh, My favorite part of the movie is right after that. I'm sorry, go ahead. So
3: I was going to say it looks like it's from Alien, right? Is that intentional? That's things? what I was just going okay. to
0: yeah. Jesus. That's exactly what I was going like to say. It was <laughs> like the, the chest burster out of the turkey.
1: <laughs> my favorite part of the movie, like right after that, when Clark says, I'm going to catch it in my coat and beat it with a hammer. <laughs> the mother-in-law drops <laughs> like a sack of potatoes. She's like, oh, it just goes down. I just lot like... like Wait, I had maybe I had the giggles or something, but I just I I laughed a bit, like not the size of the problem, size of the reaction. I laughed way too hard at what. did the was. father but it was my favorite part? She just goes down.
0: Didn't the father in like I'll come with you? Like he is like getting excited about beating the shit out of a squirrel. Okay.
1: <laughs> He's just being supportive.
0: That was the hardest scene I've to film. About a
1: squirrel, like it's just a squirrel, like it's not. I'd be like, oh, my God, there's a squirrel in the house. I can't wait. Like, I would be happy and excited and they're all losing their mind. Like, if it's not like it's like a rat or like, I don't know, or a bat. All, all in I'm the thinking house. about now
3: is Inglourious Bastards now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I agree. I agree. That's like a great scene. It really is funny. It, it, the mom, the, the older lady is the mom from Everyone Loves Raymond, right? Yeah. And she's yeah. particularly yeah. funny. I thought she was just like adorable in this
1: whole movie. Yeah, she's, like, horrible. The the two, like, moms, the way that they're, like, momming over each other, like, tripping over each other to do the mom thing at Christmas, and, like, the dads are in the other room having a snoring contest. Oh yeah. And, like, that was all very typical, you know, stereotypical, typical, but she was great in that movie. How, like, how kind of terrible she was made her likable.
3: She played it really well. I, I really liked the guy who was, like, I don't remember, like, his character name at all, but the guy who was smoking the cigar all the time and then was on fire, like, totally oblivious. like Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the
1: uncle, the great oh, uncle that's guy. A, with the-
0: that guy's, like, a pretty old, like, he's, I think he's been, like, nominated for Oscars way back when. His name is William Hickey. He was actually in, um, I can't think of the big movie he was in at the moment, but I think his- I knew I had
1: before and other stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, you've definitely seen him. He was, um- uh, he was like one of the main characters in the movie The Jerky Boys. If anyone's actually seen that, no one's probably seen it. That's not what you should know him I, from. I, I know you what you're talking it, about.
1: And I wanted to see that movie, but I wasn't allowed to. And then by the time I was allowed to, I didn't care about it anymore. But I bet it did not hold. It did not hold the test of time.
0: Oh, there's no way. He, <laughs> he, he was he was he was in a, a movie with Jack Nicholson and Kathleen Turner in the '80s called Prizzy's Honor, which I have not seen, and that was what he was nominated for the best supporting actor but yeah his character was really funny like you knew that he was going to be the one that would get just like the flaming shit from the sewer just drenched on him
2: and then he lights the christmas tree on fire and when he's and when clark clark is horrified and he's like well at least you put it out of its misery <laughs> he just does not give a shit he does not care
1: i had a tree that bad once that it was it was an inch and a half thick of needles on my floor. And that was the year I decided never again. And so I've had a fake Christmas tree ever since then. I'm not going back. It's just, I just have a terrible fake Christmas tree and I don't, I don't care anymore. So and yeah. I just didn't water it. I don't know. I had to, I was busy.
2: Once you <laughs> I get just one of those playing. things, You get one of those trees in your house and you're finding pine needles for the next, like, three years. Like, they just never go. And if you have, like, the four-stair heat, like, the floor grates, I actually saw pine needles come up out the first time, like, the heat turned on the following year. (laughs) You get it it, all and it's still there.
1: Easter grass, like, it it doesn't matter. It'll be, like, September and you'll find Easter grass stuck to the bottom of your (laughs) book. Like, it's there forever.
2: Inescapable. Yeah.
1: These are the holiday glitters. (laughs)
0: Well, and and also in thinking about the ending, like the, the boss capitalist CEO guy just being like, Oh, I feel bad about all this. I'm going to do this now. Like in reality, now he would just fire. He would still fire him and he would just like, then probably like caught like eliminate 20% of his company's workforce and be like now I get a bonus you know that this that was where I mean you were saying before Mike how it's like the like the liberal you know this is like the bare minimum thing that we should do
1: please please please
0: the other thing I was thinking of is that they were talking about how they were reliant upon their Christmas bonus every year that wouldn't really have to be the case if they were actually paid decently as their regular wage and then you don't have to rely on a bonus like you just can live the whole year. That also, I
3: mean, it seems like poor planning for the salary they make.
1: I do have to say, his office was really neat. I don't. Did you like notice his office? It was really neat. It had like big pears in it and like candy. It was cool. I wanted to like see that like weird stuff and wait. I the, wanted to know more.
0: The, like the boardroom office.
1: No, his like actual office, oh. they show, like his like actual office.
0: I, I like the scene in the boardroom office where he like can't be bothered to talk to Clark. And he's like, get me someone on the phone and then get me someone while I'm waiting for this person. <laughs> <laughs> that, that felt like very much like some like shitty thing that some boss would do because like, he just has like
1: a. You know who he reminded me of, you know, the dad in Clueless. He's like, get out of my chair. <laughs> and like, <Yeah>. Brittany <laughs> Murphy's character like
2: hops over, like keep that. They, they are, that's the type. You know what screwed up that I noticed and I never noticed it before somehow, but his coworker that you see him talking to earlier on, he just tells him about the pool. He comes in and checks on him. He's like, you okay? He's like, I just, I haven't gotten my bonus yet. He's like, oh, well, it's probably on its way. My wife just called and said a messenger dropped something off at the house. That dude could have called him at any point to say, hey, guess what? It's jelly of the month club. Yeah. They talk well, to uh, each other all the time. He could have he could have not been blindsided by this, but the dude just didn't say anything. Well, him. I wonder
1: that was like the phone. That was the time of the phone. That's it right. wasn't like you could text somebody, like text him a picture, and be like, What the fuck, bro? And you would have like rotary Wait and talk to now, them. you're not
3: going to call your coworker on Christmas Eve after like that was the last time they spoke. Like he got the call from his wife on the old style phone that like an envelope came. She's not going to open it because she's the woman of the house. How dare she? She's going to wait for him to get home and open up his bonus. And so like they don't see each other until like.
0: Well, I don't think that Clark he like that's his coworker that like they're friendly with, but I don't like feel like Clark has any friends. Oh, yeah. Good point. He
2: doesn't
0: doesn't seem like he's like a guy that has friends. Like he does these weird things like he like normally Mm. you're like get drunk with your buddy and do the lights on your roof. He just is doing it himself and he's an idiot about it, like stapling his shirt. Like, dude, what are you doing?
1: Like a real piece of shit all the time to everybody. I really did not like him.
0: And so that would be why the guy wouldn't call him, because, like, I don't think he actually is like friends with these people outside of work. You know, like they're just people at work. That's a good point. I didn't think about that.
3: Cause he literally has no one else. Like he talks to his coworkers and then is this, he's the family man, but that's supposed to be what it Like he's a, I remember. Okay. So growing up, I'm not going to say who, in case anyone involved listens to this, but like <laughs> someone that I know called someone else that I know the Griswolds, but as an insult, because they were like trying very hard to do like the white picket fence thing. And then like, it was very obviously like not working. And so this person like just called them the Griswolds like because they were just like being try hard about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the impression I have of just like Clark in general. He's just like so fucking try hard and it doesn't pan out for him, which is like it's the whole gimmick of these movies, right? Like
0: The Europe, I mean, the first one, the original one where they're going to movie Moby Movie World, whatever it's called. But the second one, like especially in Europe, I don't know if either or any of you have seen the Europe one. I watched it at camp, which was wildly inappropriate because it was had like a bunch of nudity in it too. And like, they're showing this to like 11 and 12 year old kids so beyond weird. But like in that movie, the plot is that like, he makes like a sex tape with his wife and it gets stolen. Oh um, yeah. And then wow. it ends up like being like released on T like, you know, released as like a movie, It like ruins their lives. Like, you know, which is funny because you think about it now that could happen so easily with the internet, but this was like, he took, He had like a video camera, like, you know, the old camcorder. And it's like, that is not a family friendly movie at all. But this one is like trying to be like the first one, you know, family with like that argues with their family, but then they all can sit down and hate their boss together. You know, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I think they were going for like a wider appeal kind of thing. Because you see that like in the intro too, like the little cartoon Santa, it's all very like cutesy. They definitely held back a little bit. For this one to make it have a wider appeal
1: maybe that's why they weren't homophobic or racist they're like wow well, we gotta dial that down a little bit <laughs> not not to be
2: good yeah, yeah. but
1: just to be like well this is we're trying to do family friendly
0: yeah the r-rated version like eddie and uh clark go to like the bar and like did like you like the hear- strip club or something and do cocaine did you
1: hear them call the guys in the truck egg timers he was like, those egg timers. What does that even yeah. mean? Does he, say he is, mean
0: old yeah. timers, but he's too stupid to even know the phrase?
1: Egg timer. I, I was stuck on that for a little bit. Like, what the
2: fuck is he t- Egg timers. He does dish out a lot of spoonerisms when he's like, I'm going to burn dust, eat my rubber. Like, you just eat flip-flops all the time.
0: He's like, Biff, at Back to the Future, he can't say, like, the line right. <laughs> yeah. Make like a tree and get out of here. <laughs>
2: But, I don't but what know. would
1: A-timer be? Like, what is that? Because they were old. Like, he couldn't say A. He wasn't saying, like, old-timer. It's one of those we'll never know, just like his bonus. We'll never know for
0: sure. The other thing, that's the other thing too, is that Clark does not cook or, like, do any food preparation. You said before, I think you said, uh, Smirk, that, like, he. the only thing he does is do the lights and buy stuff and doesn't really have... He does like the manly, in quotation marks, the like yeah. jobs. Yeah. The dad jobs, right. The equivalent
2: yeah. of mowing the lawn and taking out the garbage.
0: And yeah, and also yeah. another thing I noticed in this movie, he wears a baseball cap in Chicago in the winter. Yeah. Huh? Why is he not wearing like a, like a wool hat? Everyone else has yeah. on hats and he's just out there.
1: I just thought of something. So he's doing all the dad jobs, right? And then companies coming over, he's stuck in the attic. He was leaf blowing the attic. That's the equivalent of leaf blowing the attic when everybody like the mom's going nuts. Like people are coming. She's like, help me. And then for like the like trope is that the dad goes and does something totally useless, like leaf blow the attic. That's a thing. I, you can line that
0: up. Yeah. (laughs) He he didn't want to go. They're going shopping, right? He didn't want to go shopping with his family.
3: But then ironically, he sits in the attic and watches old movies and, doesn't he drink wine? Does, like, isn't he drinking while he does it? And he, like, wears a robe and looks all feminine? Like
0: Yeah, so he does kind I, of, like, where where I wear I the pink it? gloves and, the, like, the hat. I don't know if he was drinking but or not.
1: It's because he got cold. I think it's cold up
2: there. Yeah, because that, yeah. that window is really just, it's like, it's like wooden slats. And it, and it and that's like out. why the mother-in-law, she like put the thing up. She's
0: like, oh, it's so cold. I think yeah. they miss, they miss an opportunity in this movie for him to do like a chimney gag. Like <laughs> he goes up to the attic and like he has, he wanted to wear Santa. I like, I, when I first saw, not this time, but I hadn't seen it in a while. I'm like, oh, does he like come down the chimney and do something? But I don't know. Maybe Chevy Chase didn't want to do that. He didn't pay him enough. And he's also apparently a huge pain in the ass to work with. Like no one likes working with him. He's just—I think he got pushed out of the show community for so the same that's reason.
3: we hear from? Is that show right?
0: Right. Did he get kicked off the show? Like they he, wrote him off.
2: He did pretty much. Like they were like nobody wanted to work with him anymore, and too many allegations had come out, and people were like, "It's not worth it." <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure back in the day on SNL, like that's all they were doing.
1: 80, this is 1989.
0: He, he had the Wolf of Wall Street on there. Wolf of Wall Street was like the drug guy. He's probably using that to to line them up. He was an
1: up. executive. There's no way. They weren't having liquid lunches and blowing all their money. That's why he needed the Christmas bonus.
2: Yeah. And at that point, it's like we really need to feel like how bad can we really feel for him? Because like in, in movies now, like when somebody's not getting money, they expected because they're going to be like homeless.
0: Um, yeah. He's like not getting his, not pool. Get
2: his pool. <laughs> like, Oh,
1: that's
0: sad. You can't get a pool. It's going to cost you $25 because
1: you bounced a check. Why do you have to
0: put a deposit on it in like December? I don't know. I don't know the pool. Maybe business. that was
1: a really good sales.
0: That would be the time to buy a pool, right? <laughs> that, like, yeah, all so season. Definitely. Would anyone recommend this movie as like a family Christmas movie? Would you watch this with your family?
1: Nah, we're watching Elf.
2: Uh, we already have. I don't know. And it, it's part of it. it's. It's one of those things where it's like part of the zeitgeist. I don't think it's like, oh, my God, you have to see this. But like it comes up often enough where it's like, sh- sure, if you have an interest, watch it. But like, you know,
1: doing this was the catalyst for me to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Like, you're not going to miss out on anything by not having seen it. You ju- There might just be references that you don't get, but that's OK.
0: Yeah, Jelly of the month club. You'll never get it. I watch this movie
3: mostly just for the references, like all year long. I will say like, I don't know, Margot. Well, I don't know, Todd, you know, just like for <laughs> whatever reason. But we're like a big movie family. We'll watch like several different movies in like the yearly rotation, depending on the holiday. And um, this is one of the ones we always watch around Christmas time. But it's just like it's just kind of a known thing. But we also will watch uh, The Ref is another big Christmas one. <sighs> Dennis Larry. And uh, and Die Hard.
1: I've never comes I've up. heard of this.
3: So, I mean, there's a bunch. Like, I'm not going to list them all here, but like, I would recommend it just like I would recommend any of those. Not that it's necessarily a great movie, but a classic. Like, you like The Seven?
0: Yeah. A crisp movie to watch this time of year, and not a. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. It's like one that you could watch, but it's not like a must-see, this is five-star content kind of thing.
1: I feel like Elf is. I don't know.
0: Elf is a good one. I'm a one. little
2: biased, if you can't tell. Home Alone <laughs> is always our
0: family. like. Uh, Home Alone, prison, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I like Home Alone, too. Home Alone, too, might be my
0: favorite. Donald Trump's uh, Academy Award.
2: Kim Curry, your very own cheese pizza.
0: Yeah. Just yeah, for the, me.
2: Keep
1: the change, filthy animal. That, you
0: know. <laughs> I so badly wanted that little like recording device that you could get because they then started selling it, but like it it probably was a piece of crap and I never got it. It's the Talk
2: Boy, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't that what he had? A Talk Boy. My brother had one. I was so jealous. I used to steal it from him all the time
0: because you could play things backwards, like record people.
2: Yeah,
0: it looked pretty. Used to make
2: fake radio shows.
0: (laughs) Oh, like H. G. Wells?
2: No, no, like this.
0: Uh, yeah i don't know if there are any I'm other
1: fruition like,
0: i mean i guess since it is the holiday season because it's it's snowing outside if you live on the a snowy part of the country i mean you could also i mean you mentioned some of your like other holiday movies but you can certainly you know if there are other ones you would would recommend to people oh, i
3: was literally I think just thinking fair. i'm gonna have to have my kids watch home alone because they're about that age and i don't think they've seen it yet and uh, and then also remembering wanting the talk boy just as bad, but then also thinking at the same time there's no way it works as well as it does in the commercial or in the movie. Like there's <laughs> no. no possible way. But if it worked well enough to fool somebody on the phone, that's probably good enough. Like or just make a little radio show because I also got like access to an answering machine that somebody wasn't using and then use it like a tape recorder. And it did exactly the same things, Burke like started making like the dumbest little radio shows where I'm like fake beating up my action figures and making voices for them. And it was God awful. And like, I hope that never sees the light of day. I hope I never find those little tapes, but it, it's foretelling of like podcasting. Now it makes a lot of sense.
1: I think this year I, I haven't, maybe I'm going to get a hard time for this, but I haven't actually sat down and ever watched die hard. Maybe like when I was like a kid, I kind of saw it was like chunks in the background. And like it was like something my dad was what I was not, you know, into that. And I just never I don't know. It was I'm I think that I have not seen too many movies that maybe should have. But I'm going to watch that this year and decide because people argue if that's a christmas movie or not
0: it's kind of like the the argument i feel like is kind of i don't know am i gonna get the reddit commenters being like oh it's obviously <laughs> this one i don't know it's like it's kind of like a stupid argument but yeah, i felt like, all it's, of kind of cheap, the, like it's, it's part like of the, the fun.
1: pineapple on the pizza argument yeah
0: yeah well and also like the second Die Hard actually does take place on christmas also so i mean Wait, that's, there's,
1: two, Die there's I Die Hards. two there's five there's Oh my god
0: actually the third one surprisingly it's actually pretty fun it's him and samuel l jackson and it takes place in new york yeah (laughs) that one is that one is you know as far as like a fun action movie goes you know i mean for me usually the ones that i will tell as recommendations are like nightmare before christmas is a solid a solid movie edward scissorhands if you like Although
1: tim burton i like he's been under some criticism and you know, ne- having never noticed it before, but people of color in his movies just don't exist.
2: Yeah, no, because it's not his aesthetic. So he he definitely yeah. sucks. The stories, the stories are interesting, and I think Nightmare Before Christmas is probably like one of the few where that's less noticeable, just because there's not a lot of human beings. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Then you have the whole Oogie Boogie thing, and that's
0: Gremlins is another one. I think I would say is a top christmas uh film you said the ref that was one that i used to like when i was younger it was with dennis leary kevin spacey you know kind of blah can
1: somebody send me this list after this so that i can like catch up i should I'm i should so
0: i should generally just have like some kind of i have a letterbox account that i never share on here i should you can you know then i can then i should make lists for people of you know because i have a list of all the movies i've done like on the podcast and yeah. On one. So everyone can f- can follow me at L O T P Pod on Letterboxd. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun.
1: totally do that because I'm like, oh, what movie should we watch? And I I go look on YouTube to be like, all right, well, which movies has he done? And I got to figure it out.
0: <laughs> well, an- another thing too that actually is fun to do if you can you can download lists of different genres, and then you. Pick a you do like a random number generator, and then you pick that movie from the list. So like, because think how, oh. how many how, how much time do people spend like trying to pick a movie? Way more yeah. than you actually spend time watching the movie.
1: Half the time I'm like, bah, fuck it. By the like, ten minutes into trying to choose it, I'm not I'm not wanting to watch a movie anymore.
0: Yeah. So I, i've just been watching people other people i follow on there and be like oh they just watch this movie they have good taste i'll just watch this movie and then it makes my life easier
3: that was actually going to be my next question evan is like if you have a letterbox account does it recommend you movies based on the movies that you recommend um and then other people's recommendations is like does it do it for you or do you have to search it like you are
0: doesn't do it as well. I think if you go to a specific movie, it will then say movies that are similar or related. So like if you go to Christmas Vacation, it'll say related films are European Vacation. And then it will have other ones down below that are similar, but it doesn't have as good of a recommendation kind of thing. I mean, you can, there's so many lists though. And it's worth like following people, you know, either not celebrities, but, you know, people, you know, that have like good taste in movies or, you know, them and, you know, yeah, their movies. cool Hugo on uh, who's been on this podcast a few times. Um, he likes good movies and he has a good one. And um, also the guys from Chapo Trap House, they all have Letterboxd accounts and they watch a ton of movies. I mean, I guess they can if they make money to live off a podcast. So good for them. But. <laughs> They all, they have, they like watch good movies too. So they're good accounts to follow on Letterboxd.
3: I'm, it's making me want to make a Letterbox account. And I'm thinking of it more, more now because like, I just mostly will go on my phone. Like I hardly ever put on the TV voluntarily. So it's really just like my mother-in-law, ironically, who is like putting on a lot of like Christmas movies around this time of year. And she will put on the ref and die hard. And like, I'm realizing now how good of taste in movies she has. I'm think I'm going to force a Letterbox account on her. So...
0: It's, wor- it's worth it. I mean, so basically, like, it, I mean, it's no different than anyone. You can, like, you can rate your movies. You can also just create a list of, like, watch, you know, watch. You see a movie, like, oh, crap, I haven't seen The Craft, and you can just add it to your watch list or something. So it's nice just for, yeah, I guess it's just another app or whatever to have and to, like, go through, but it may save me time when I want to, like, watch a movie, just, like, picking one on there.
1: Can't wait. I- I'll click that link.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I don't ever – mentioned it until now because i've had it for i don't know i'm not good about always reviewing the movie but i'll at least give it a rating
2: i remember you mentioning letterboxd a few times
0: the only sucky thing i think it was just it was actually an independent site that some guy created like five six years ago as an alternative to imdb where people could actually write reviews and it wasn't there and then it was just bought by some like multi-conglomerate which sucks but it's kind of what happens to everything gets ruined
1: it's the circle of
3: uh, life. I feel like it should probably be part of your like podcast notes or uh, show notes. Evan,
0: I don't know. I I never put it in there. It's it's. I don't know. Do people even look at show notes? I don't know. I
1: do. God, I hope so. <laughs> do you want something. I meet? like if they're like, "Hey, I got a link for this," I'll go look for it.
0: I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, when I do episodes. Sometimes I'll like link articles that I referenced in it just because someone wants to go look it up. They can, but I don't put the letterbox in there. I'm going to have to go back and edit like 85 episode show notes <laughs> to put in letterbox. now right. I'm okay. just going to do the future ones. Yeah. So I think we have one thumbs down, two thumbs down from Libby. And then for, two, for, for this, this for this movie,
1: for I would give one thumb up and one thumb down. Okay. And, Cause Clark is, uh, he's thumbs down. But the great aunt, I love her. She's very redeemable. And the white you know, the mom. It's a mixed bag, I'll say.
0: Yeah. But again, it's uh, it's one of those Christmas movies that if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth just throwing it on while you're drinking eggnog yeah. or something and yeah. putting it on the background. Oh, there you go. And um Mike, I've you've people you've been on the show before, but do you have any uh, new new stuff coming on your podcast?
3: Uh no, just continue with our uh or series on the Five Heads of Marxism. We did a Marx episode. We're going to have an Angles episode at some point soon. Um, But I also wanted to ask kind of a meta question since, uh, Evan, you were talking about your uh, Letterboxd account. I would kind of like to give people's opinions because I'm most definitely going to publish this on my feed as well, like see if people like the uh, background music or not, because uh, I keep saying how much we've been influenced by... To bring out your dead podcast, these young guys who just came up out of nowhere and started making a podcast that we all really love. Like, we've really just been enamored with it. And they have a very different style, so much so that, like, they influenced us to start putting more effort into our production and putting some background music and sound effects, even. And also, Discord, which I record on, got the, gave us the ability to have, like, a soundboard and just, like, act like a bunch of fucking shock jock DJs now. And we've definitely been taking advantage of it. But I would like to get people's opinions of whether they enjoy that or not, because, for some reason like I get like a like a few listeners like a couple hundred every time I put an episode but like no feedback like no one says anything they just like positive negative they just they just leave us alone I'm like I guess that's good I guess no news is good news but like I don't know just tell me if the if the music is good I really liked it I thought it was really well done but I feel like more people should probably let you know if they like it so that you decide to keep it but it's weird I feel like if people like something they're not likely to reach out, but if they don't likely, to, they're they're definitely going to let you know.
1: I exist in the background all the time, so like I, that fills that void for me.
0: But. I don't really want to do this, but I could. I could create an episode that's with music and then one without. It'd be very easy just to render both ones, but then the one that's without music, the one that seems to be less popular. You're going to have to like go on Patreon or something to get it. I don't know. I mean, I hate, I don't want to do that. I don't want to like make it be like paywall to get the version. I just thought, I thought it couldn't hurt to ask. So you can go on Instagram at the projector pod and send me a message. You
3: no, know, the thing is, they, they sound like they're actually loyal listeners who just like have some, what they consider constructive criticism, which like I would like to have. And I've gotten that in the past. Like I definitely, so this is not the first time that I put music into an episode. I did this before when we had like an episode where we did like an RPG or a, a tabletop game. But then it ended up being, like, way too loud. And then it was just, like, an accident in the post-production. And then we corrected it after, like, a couple hours. like It was was a couple clicks. But, like, I could see, like, why people would just not like it in general. But I just, Evan, I thought it was really good. I thought the levels were fine as a podcast guy, as a post-production guy. I thought it was great. That was my plug. It's just, like, please let me know if you you guys like me. Do you guys
0: like me online? Am I doing good, guys?
1: (laughs) I need dopamine. Give me validation.
0: <laughs> well, even honestly, I mean, I, as crazy as this sounds, like if you even send me like bad feedback, I want to know because there could be something that I never thought was like an issue or like that people just are afraid to say something about. But you're if, right. People only I leave left, good feedback.
1: Stop saying fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> She's so crude.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, no one. I mean, I'll even ask people like who are like just people I know you know, that are supporters like, Oh, like, what do you think I can change? And most people are still like, mm, it's all fine. I'm like, well, you can tell me if it's something bad, you know, like Jolly left this, I'll ask her sometimes. And she'll like, give me like the brutal answer. Be like, you actually really screwed up this one part of this one episode. I'm like, fuck, you're right. I did. And then, you know, I'll think about it or like something I said.
1: I think it's really great what you're doing. And I love that you have a passion for a thing and like you keep cranking these out. It's wonderful. Yeah, well, thanks. And I think, I think like to sit and like criticize. I don't know. It it's great, you know. If somebody's like, "Oh, don't put music," whatever, you're still doing a thing. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. Turn left. This podcast, Libby, and Smirk gently, Thank you for talking on this Christmas season day.
1: <laughs> We're in the season.
3: We're well, you can pull out your advent right right here.
0: Yeah, you can pull your advent calendar out and and flick out the whatever day mm-hmm. it is is that, is that yeah. how, what it's called advent calendar mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: i don't celebrate christmas so i don't know I, I,
1: <laughs>
0: I just celebrate
1: well, some of brought up catholic and had to do that shit
0: <laughs> i celebrate christmas the only way i know how which is to eat chinese food and watch a movie
1: nice Happy christmas <laughs> so
0: good. Yeah yes yes well thank you all for uh coming on it's been fun
1: thank you thank you so much i really enjoy coming on this i appreciate that i get to do this
0: thank you of course yeah thank you man yeah and uh you can go online and send me hate mail at left of the projector at gmail.com <laughs> and uh don't send mike hate mail at i guess turn leftist at gmail.com i don't know
3: you Send. go ahead send it there
0: send it there <laughs> send, send, us, send us both i, I want to mean? wake up to an email of you saying something rude to me. I, I, I'm going to regret <laughs> this. But Your stupid
1: music. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You.
0: But yeah, you can uh, follow Left of the Projector on the internet, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>